This is the Media Week Industry Podcast from the people at mediaweek.com.au. Welcome to a new Media Week podcast. We're going to be doing something reasonably rare today, a radio ratings uh, podcast. We don't do a lot of them. We do them every now and then, particularly since uh, Brendan Wood sort of got a a job out of the radio industry. We've been doing less of them, but I'm joined today by Craig Bruce. uh, And welcome, Craig. Hey, James. How are you? Now, we're going to be, we've had you on TV a little bit, so yes. I'm, I figure this will be an extended version of what we used to do on uh, Sky News Business together, where we just talk through the survey. Sure. Now, be uh, honest, have I got a good head for TV, or is this a <laughs> preferable medium, do you think, for, for my situation? Or I, th- not? I think you um, made, I think you work both mediums very well. It's <laughs> very kind of you. Very kind of you. <laughs> yeah, the day we record this, you're actually also doing a bit of TV with us, so. Um, People want to search for our YouTube channel; they'll eventually find that uh, up, up on there, well as well, mate. So, look, uh, welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, this is the first of two podcasts I'm going to be doing with you. So, if this is the first one the listeners have come across. We're also going to be telling, talking about your life post radio and yeah. what you're up to. Great. Yeah. No, that'll be um, that'll take five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll we'll, a little we'll, we'll keep the suspense if people don't know, and we won't sort of give that away here. Um, but just refresh us, how long since you uh, stopped working with Southern Cross Australia? Yeah, finished up at um, late August last year and had, look, probably three months of my head spinning, to be honest, you know, having had such a long period of time with the company. It how was, many years? Well, yeah, 27. So, um, and, uh, and and I loved every minute of it. You know, we had some challenges along the way, but it was it's a great business and a, and a great company. Um, so I took three months to sort of uh, collect my thoughts. Uh, and this year um, I'm doing some consulting work for NZME, mm-hmm. uh, which has been terrific. Dean Buchanan and uh, Eric Selmans and um, Mike McClung and a few other really terrific people that I'm, I'm working with over there. Uh, a couple of other international markets which are coming through, which um, it takes a little while. I was talking to Brian Ford the other day who has been consulting for quite a few years now and um, nothing ever happens quickly for consultants. You kind of sit sure. and wait on on uh, on some uh, project work, but uh, there's a few opportunities coming along which, uh, which, which is looking good and obviously really excited about the Game Changers podcast that um, is a, a joint venture that myself and Jay Mueller are doing, um, which has been you know really well received, and um, it was probably the first thing that I, I and I know we're going to talk about this later, but it was you know really the first idea that I had coming out of radio was um, you know I want to mentor and coach people and and you know what might that look like and um, the idea of being able to talk to people. Yeah, we'll save that. Come on, not too much. Yeah, oh, we'll save on. it up. Otherwise, we'll run out of topics yeah, for the point. next one. All right. um, now, listen, when we talk to you today, because when I had to give um, Sky News details of who the guests were today, I, I called you a radio analyst. <laughs> so I wasn't sure what, yeah. to, what to put up on the... Um, that's uh, going to be reasonably accurate for what we'll be doing today. Yeah, what is my title? Radio analyst is, is fair enough um, for, for in the context of today's podcast. Um, I'm not... I, look, to, really, I haven't heard a lot of Australian radio over the last three or four months. I hear bits and pieces in Adelaide and, and tune around from here to there um, on occasions, but um, the New Zealand work, you know, sort of takes me away from Australian radio. I've got, a, obviously, a fair sense of what's going on, but, um, yep, radio an- analyst, that'll do for the moment. Yep. And... <laughs> When we speak to you today, I'm guessing you'll be speaking as if you've always spoken, because you've always been pretty frank sure. with your opinions. When one of your stations was in trouble, you'd sort of, yeah, look, it is, yep. you know. And But do you do you look at things any differently, do you think, now uh, you're not on the payroll? Sure, um, with a lot less emotion, I guess, and uh, which brings... A level of objectivity I probably didn't have previously. As much as you try to be objective and look at it from the from the view of you know the the real world versus what you're hoping is going to happen. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think you know for for anyone working in that kind of role, the head of content role, Duncan and Paul and Guy, if they have any. Uh, radio station ratings issues, they will know about them before they tell the rest of the world about them. You know, there's an element of spin that, that you have to bring to these sorts of sessions because it's important to, It's important for the teams on the ground to know that there's confidence and that there's a sense of um, uh, purpose and direction um, regardless of what the numbers might look like. So, you know, you've kind of got to dig inside that when, when you're looking at whatever... Um, uh, you know, your key content people might say about a particular situation. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't have 
you know, I'm not working for any of them now, um, and uh, I, I guess I can bring a level of objectivity that maybe um, is unusual. Well, I'm looking forward to digging into that sure. objectivity, mate. The the one thing that um, surprises a few people that when a broadcaster can come out after a survey, they can always each of them can spin something positive out of it. Yep. But for me, that's really an indication of what a good job this industry has done as keeping it relatively um, level of competition low. I mean, there's not a lot of licences, are there? No. So each each player has got a, can, you know, position themselves pretty much in a space that's maybe not overserved. Well, the other point around that is that with, with ratings, I mean, you've got, a, you've got a, a ranking story and then a demographic story. And, and inside that, um, and, and very rarely does a radio station take a ranking story to market, mm. um, unless they're number one. <laughs> it doesn't help if you're yeah. third or fourth on the ladder. Um, but, you know, and Triple M's a great example of, you know, yes, it's number one in Adelaide at the moment, but it, it's, it's not designed to win the ranking, but it dominates in the areas that it's supposed to. And, and there's a sales story off the back of that. Um, um, you know, when we were rebuilding the hit network, it was about trying to win some 18 to 29s and then some 18 to 39s, and that's happening now. And year on year, you know, the hit network is probably the the network that is um, is growing the fastest. Separate Sydney from from that story for the moment, but um, so yeah, the job is to go. Okay, well, where where is the story, and is it is it aligned with what we're trying to do strategically? Um, and sometimes that's the case, and sometimes it isn't. I mean, the other thing with survey is that um, yes, it's it, it's a result, but it should never be looked at in isolation. I mean, it, it just you know the times you will look at a survey result in isolation is when a Kyle and Jack leave today FM and go to Kiss. Um, or if you change a format from pop to country, or you know, which rarely happens, but you've got to look at the numbers over a long period of time. There's no point in and and you know, uh, and I was in this situation as well. Paul and Duncan and Guy are forced into that. Let's analyse today's results versus let's look at it over the last 12 months and see what the trend line looks like, um, and the expectations on new shows um, largely. Um, are unrealistic, uh, you know, for, and Melbourne's a great example, um, with Kiss and Nova, both are pretty good new shows, you know, I think Matt mm. and Michelle are going to be very good, and I think the, the Nova show is excellent, and I think Fox has improved, I mean, the Melbourne market is just a brilliant radio market right at the moment, one of the best in the world, you would have to say, but you can't analyse Kiss and Nova and, and make any sort of suggestion around what is today versus what it might look like in 12 months from now. But that's, you know, they're the conversations we have to have. And, you know, sometimes you, you then go, okay, well, let's, let's remove the numbers and work, work through what are we doing strategically and is that on, on track? Yeah. And it's a, this is a subject I might explore a little bit in the second podcast we do with you. But the how good a show is doesn't always correlate with how it performs in the ratings not always there there is that argument and then i think there's a there's a very um there's an argument in the idea that a good show will always find an audience eventually Mm -hmm. um you know uh, any show with marty sheargold in my opinion and and you go right back to marty with fifi uh and marty with um michelle and tim and now with kate um, there's there's a there's a chemistry and a style of show that that it doesn't necessarily sit comfortably on a billboard or, or doesn't sit comfortably in a TV commercial, but there's an ease of conversation that Marty brings to most shows that becomes a um, a discovery show for for lots of people. And I think good content will always find a way. In, in Melbourne, um, I, I would think that over the next twelve months, Kiss and Nova will absolutely find an audience because I think both have really strong shows and yes there's a marketing plan and a strategy around making sure that people are aware of those two shows but the content will speak and in, at this stage does speak for itself I think on both shows yeah yeah it'd be fascinating to see how that uh, Melbourne scenario yeah, plays will. out yeah. whether one can manage to stand out from the pack or well, well I think the hot breakfast will continue to I mean I, you know the hot breakfast is yeah you know it's going to be hard to budge that show, I mean, it's so good on, on so many levels. Um, and then you've got the three pop formats fighting it out. And Joe Stanley has made a, you know, a, a real improvement to, to gold. And, you know, I'm a huge fan of Joe. I rate her very highly. And that show will continue to improve as well. So, I mean, wherever you look, there are, there are some potentially fantastic new shows on the horizon in Melbourne. Yeah. 
All right. Well, let's let's get into it sure. and um, talk a, a little bit about about the survey. Let, let's start in Sydney. Um, I'm tempted to go the other way around and do Perth, but but I think people like you just start with the big sure. market, the the big market that sort of sets the pace really for a, for a network, doesn't it? I mean, yes, it does. The perfect example is Today FM. So many people write that company off because of the results of Today FM. Yeah, and, it's and they a, ignore a, everything else where they could. They've got some really great stories. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree, and the, the narrative around SEA has always always been, certainly in the last two to three years, has been um, on two day breakfast, and um, rightly so. Um, you know, it's an important shift, and the radio station had has um, been a critical part of the the makeup of the network for such a long period of time, um, and um, and the numbers uh, make make for a great yarn. <laughs> I mean, it's um, it, it's just. And in a market like Sydney, particularly, which has this black heart that unless you're winning quickly, you're pretty well discarded. Um, it's uh, it's a ripping yarn for media outlets and for um, for commentators alike to go. You know, okay, well, there was something that was brilliant that's no longer, and let's pull it apart. Uh, look, um, two day breakfast is um, is a challenge. Uh, and there's lots of commentary again around what to do and what you know what what is the next step. And this question, the equation of time comes into it. You know, you've got to give a new show time, and that is absolutely the case. The only thing I would say, and I've seen Duncan and Paul talk about it over the last couple of days, and I think Duncan is partly right in terms of you can have all the time in the world, um, but if you don't have the product right, then then um, the end result is going to be the same. So I think that there's two questions um, or two uh, uh, issues happening. One is we need time to build this show, and then two, do we have the the dynamic right within the show? Um, and that doesn't need to be a failure on anyone's part. Most breakfast shows, if you look at them, very rarely do they end the way they start. You know, even the great shows. I mean, the hot breakfast in Melbourne was Eddie, Tony McClare, Mika Buck, and Luke Darcy. It's not that anymore. Um, you know, Dave, Dave, and Kate is Husey and Kate. Um, you know, Jeff Field was with Kyle and Jack. Um, you know, Marty's had different co-hosts along the way. It happens all the time. So shows um, evolve. It's part of the process. So, so I think what, what's probably going on would be a a question around: Okay, is the dynamic right? And if they absolutely 100% believe in the Rove and Sam dynamic. Then, then they're going to go at 100 miles an hour to, to sort of work that through. Um, if there's any concerns around whether that is right, then then you can maybe look at adding in other elements or, or trying to improve um, what's already there. So what what do they take into account to judge if it's right? Because it's pretty subjective, isn't it? Um, yeah, look, it, and, and that's, I guess, that, that's the black art of, of programming. But you can normally hear it pretty quickly, can't you? I mean, um, and all of us have ears, and you just get a sense of rapport and chemistry and an ease of conversation. I think I mentioned that before. And, I mean, the moment, the first time I heard Chrissy and Sam and Brownie, I thought, yeah, yeah it was a bit clunky on day one, but there was just this um, beautiful uh, flow of conversation. Um, and, you know, I haven't heard Rove and Sam enough to... to make a judgment on that but I think that's what you're listening for you're listening for you know one of the first things you look for when you do research on new shows the word that really uh, is the first sign of a show improving is rapport if the audience tells you that they are hearing the show gel and that there's rapport and that there's chemistry any of those sorts of words it feels like they're getting along together or it feels like they like each other then you've got something um, and and you can build from there, and that's when time kicks in. Okay, let's be patient and build it and grow it. Um, but until you see that and hear that from the audience, then then you know there there are challenges around that. I mean, and, and you know the other point for Sydney is that Kyle and Jack are just an incredible show. Mm. You know, they just are. Yeah, they're yeah, two radio people that do radio brilliantly. Um, they don't do TV. They don't do anything other than this really well and um, they are brilliant practitioners at the end of the day and um, you know I, I read somewhere it's never about the idea it's about the execution and there's a hundred ideas that Kyle and Jack have done that I've heard on other shows that have never ever sounded nearly as good you know Kyle and Jack managed to execute brilliantly most things that they do um, you know I noticed today they had the the uh, one half of the the Lebanon 60 Minutes story on the air in, in their breakfast show. And, I'm sh and, and there's a show that is, you know, famous for pop culture and pop quiz and, you know, 
crazy things that they do and then they can go and do that kind of content and I'm sure they did it well. I didn't hear it. I was on a plane but I'm assuming that it was brilliantly done. So um, it's a and, – and hey, what would I know? I had two goes at trying to um, put breakfast shows up against Kyle and Jack and failed miserably. There, there's no simple and easy solution. Um, so maybe time is the – Maybe time is the answer. Yeah. Today. I mean, I've listened a fair bit to Raven Sam, and I actually don't mind it. Yep. You know, what I'm a little bit confused about at times is that they have this third guest. Yep. Comes in, uh, usually a comedian, and they uh, then it gets for me a bit awkward. Right. Okay. Because you get the feeling that guest is there because someone thinks the radio show is probably not going so well yeah. with just Raven Sam. Yeah. When I actually think it probably is. Yep. I'd be trying to just push them as a couple yep. more. But, I mean, hey, what do I know? I, I listen to a lot of radio, and I can't really tell. I can't, you know, differentiate between what looks, what sounds bad, what sounds good. I figure for, for most things to get on air at a major metro station, they've got to be pretty good to start with. Yeah, I agree. And, look, you know, the thing with Rove is I think maybe the idea behind the, the, the comedic element or bringing in a guest is, um, you know, he's worked well in ensembles before with, you know, your Pete's mm. and Carries and these sorts. Um, and, um, you know, and he's a very good host. I think he, he probably works best when he's got people around him. So maybe that's what what, what the the, um, the answer is there to sort of work that through. I mean, I think the other challenge for the Sydney market, certainly from a top 40 a younger end perspective, I, I'm not convinced that there's room for five top 40 radio stations in, in Sydney. And when I say that, you know, KISS, Nova, Today, um, I mean, the edge is incredibly powerful in this market. And, and you know, it's a brilliantly... Because it's not in the survey, but, but you've I, got to factor it into your who, audience, right? Who knows what the numbers are, mm. but they, they, would be, they would be a real thorn in Nova and two-day side. Uh, and Triple J is, is in the mid to high sevens. A big uh, in Sydney, you know, Triple a couple J, of points yeah. ahead of Nova and, mm. and two-day. Um, and I think that, um, you know, when you're talking to an audience where there's declining TSL... Um, so you know maybe there's a maybe there's an, an opportunity for two day to move into some uncontested older territory. And when I say older, maybe by five years, I think Rove's audience is probably you know more towards the late thirties, early forties, than under thirty five in terms of a natural synergy. And maybe that might be an opportunity at some point, but I'm I'm not sure how. And I, I noticed that you know the two you know two day were talking yesterday about beating Nova across the workday, but you know hey one's a four and one's a four and a half. <laughs> Yeah, well, exactly. Take what you can get on, yeah. Well, absolutely. And, and no that, one ever points a finger at Nova's. Um, yeah, and, and Nova is underperforming. And, and I think I mentioned to you the other day, I mean, the, 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 right at the moment, the headline for me would be you know, if you go back a couple of years, SEA had um, issues everywhere, you know, and I was there running it. So, um, and, and, and I'm, uh, so I'm taking responsibility for it. But from a hit perspective, we were down pretty well everywhere except Melbourne. Whereas now I think you have an improving hit network and if you look at those year-on-year numbers, they're pretty well up and about in all markets past Sydney. Um, I think the three networks all have their pockets of success and then they've all got their challenges. And, I, I, you know, for Nova, I would assume Nova Sydney um, is an ongoing discussion around how do we continue to get the best out of that station. Um, you know, Duncan would be looking at Perth and Adelaide and hoping that both will improve sooner rather than later. Um, and obviously Sydney, two-day breakfast is SEA's thorn. Um, that must be the hardest decision in radio, whether to persevere with a program which might come good or to cut your losses and, and start again. Yeah, it is. Um, and I think Paul Jackson talked about it yesterday in the press that... Um, you know, there's a point where you've got it back in a show, um, and there were reasons why um, Jules, American Sophie, maybe we could have stuck with them for longer. We probably should have. Um, Dan and Maz, I think we moved on too quickly. Um, and, you know, there would be a really fair and reasonable argument to say, um, you know, Rove's signed for three years, and we're, we're just going to back it in. Um, and, uh, yeah, it is an incredibly difficult decision to make. And, and to your point, you know, people outside looking at radio think, wow, it's cutthroat. Um, it is. But the last decision you ever want to make is breaking up a brekkie show because you start from scratch. You know, it's all back to zero. You start with one new listener on the day they launch, whatever that show might be, however good it might be. And you look at Chrissy and, Brown and Sam, uh, Brownie and, and Sam Pang, it sounds really good. 
but it's going to take a year, year and a half to find an audience. It just is. Um, so, yeah, it, it's the last decision you want to make. Even adjusting it is a decision you don't want to make, unless it's a really obvious improvement. Like Mick Malloy coming into the hot breakfast was an obvious win, or Matty Johns onto the grill team was, you know, obvious. Let's do that. Um, but sometimes, you know, you kind of you, you adjust and hope that it improves the, the product and... You know, it's not always in, guaranteed. In programming meetings, is the is the phrase um, "let's give it one more book." Does that, <laughs> does that come up much, mate? But yeah, absolutely. You know, you have a um, you put a what would you call it? You know, you put a red flag next to um, next to a market or a show or a station, um, and you know, I in, certainly thinking back to my time at SCA, you know, we did that several times, particularly in Adelaide. You know, we looked at Adelaide and thought, come on, there's you know. Maybe Michael Haley and Burjo will come through this book, and let's wait another book, and um, and eventually it doesn't, you mm-hmm. know. And you have to make a call, and you start from scratch. Um, but yeah, it's it's really the last thing you want to do, and the the reason you don't want to do it is because you look at, um, you know, from an outsider's perspective, um, radio is one of the great habitual mediums of all time. I mean, it's because it's just um, it's there, it's free. People don't overthink it. They just get into a routine, particularly the breakfast routine. You know, the breakfast routine is like a morning ritual. Why would I, why, why am I going to change my breakfast show? Why, why would I do that? Yeah, it's, it's going to have deal, to be really, it? really good. It's a very big deal. A um, couple of things. I'm sure I've asked you this over the years in a couple of podcasts we've done in the past. Was Hamish and Andy, did they ever consider Brecky Radio? No, never. They've never? <laughs> no. Because you would have asked the question, right? Um... I, look, we knew the answer. Knew it, was, the answer. it was never going to happen. Mm. I mean, you, you'd put them in. If there was a show that could do a national breakfast show, it would be yeah, them. They're the ones that could break but, that rule um, about national. But, you know, they – no, they just never, ever – and look, the show is – the show is brilliant because it doesn't have to think like a breakfast show. It can be silly, it can be irreverent, it can it can not talk about the sixty minute story because there's no comedic value in it. And that's that's the strength of the show, and that's the that's the reason it's it's so strong is because uh, you, you know one of the things I've learned, and certainly you know I know we're talking about the podcast later, but um, the the great shows learn how to curate. And curation is about moving away from the pack, not, not, not moving closer to it. And I learned it from Kyle right in the early stages. I mean, we used to sit there with um, just – you'd look at the, the show's form guide and you'd see the things that he's talking about on a day where there's all of these stories in the paper and the front page, back page, and why aren't you talking about X, Y, and Z? And, and he's going, no, we're going to go and do our own thing. Um, and, hey, you've got to be able to pull it off and um, – but curation is about making decisions on what you're not going to do. I read recently where, you know, if you put all of the world's great art in one room, it would be called a warehouse. But a museum is where you select art that reflects and and is in the context of the next piece. You know, that's a museum. Yeah, there's a difference. So, mm. And in the same way for breakfast, you go, yeah, well, we're not going to talk about that because it either doesn't fit the brand values. And certainly for Hamish and Andy, you know, they were pretty clear from the start. You know, we're not that show. We're here for escapism. We're here for fun. Um, so even if we'd put them into Brecky, I'm not sure. It would have been a very different show, I think. Probably yeah. not as potent, maybe. Just looking at that, uh, the Sydney survey, they've they've had a bit of love recently, but probably the uh, most over or underrated uh, program of couple have been Jones and Amanda over probably a decade. Yeah, so and I mean, I, you know, would that be right? Oh, without question. I mean, both of them are brilliant. Both of them are. I mean, Jonesy is from the Kyle school of um, of being a radio practitioner and 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 loving radio and really you know deeply understanding it and amanda is just an extraordinary communicator um and they are a, an outstanding show and and look they've had their ups and downs they've had their bumps along the way um but you know god they've just got that um wonderful chemistry and rapport and and um you would think the best is still ahead for them i would have thought i mean they, they've just you you'd, you know there's there's no signs of them coming off at all yeah i'm sure in the old days arn would have made a lot of money off them because oh yeah you know um but they when the new era of arn management under under kieran i guess yep was they gave that the brand a bit of polish didn't yes. they? which really made a difference and probably 
evened out Changed some the story of the, a bit. the, um, exactly, yeah. the um, ups and downs in their surveys. Yeah, and, and I think what, you know, probably through that period, I've got to try and remember back, but, you know, I think Triple M became a little more defined in mm. terms of its mail offering, which probably just opened up a little space for, for um, Jonesy and Amanda from a broader perspective. Um, and, uh, you know, there's a great example of time um, being a really useful um, tool to help the show reach its full potential you know what is it 10 years in the making and probably four or five years in the pack and it just seems to get better and better every year doesn't it yeah i got a feeling they might be up for a new contract but i would imagine that they've still got both still got along many years if they can come to an agreement many years ahead of them yeah lock them in that could be another 10 year show i would imagine absolutely they're still relatively young yeah without question in radio terms um all right anything else any other thoughts there about uh, sydney no, before we sort of move on. Oh, look, I mean, Nova is disappointing. Yeah, um, and mm. Paul, um, Paul's, Paul's a really honest, uh, you get a fairly, you know, true sense of his, you know, where he's at with most of his um, offerings to the media post result. Um, and he would have been disappointed with Nova Sydney. Yeah. Um, it's not. It's not out of the game altogether. It just it's just got some work to do. Smooth will bounce back. Smooth's just a brilliant story. Just yeah. a great radio story, and that, yeah, those numbers will turn around. And the um, the economic story of Smooth and oh, the cost. Hello, be, you know, you know. Wow, <laughs> it's um, great business. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And the figures they're getting for for the investment, it, it'd be stunning. Um, okay, Melbourne. Yeah, look, you talked about the hot breakfast. Hot breakfast does very well, but it, the um, the they do better than the station quite significantly don't they yeah they do um the station targets men which is a good problem to have you always want your breakfast show to be up there right? yeah and look and i think you'll see some more numbers come in through the football season the the station's music offering is for males the the station's breakfast offering is for all people um, which is probably where uh, you know, if someone had said to us five years ago that that three-share hot breakfast show was going to be an eight and a half consistently, um, you would have been laughed out of the room. So um, it's a bit to do with Eddie, Mick and Luke overperforming. Uh, you know, I think somewhere in the sevens, mid to high sevens is about the ceiling for Triple M in that market. Yeah. Um, and, and that's a brilliant you know, if you can get pull off that number, um, and certainly with football and all the other um, properties that they have that they can uh, make money from, it's a you know it's a great station. James and Billy, brilliant local break- uh, local drive show. The football coverage is outstanding. It's um, it's in very good shape. But the rest of the market is just so exciting for radio people. I think you, someone was saying the other day, you, you know, you drive into Melbourne from Tullamarine and it's just radio billboards everywhere and. You know, for and Australian radio people take that for granted. I mean, that's a that's just an amazing thing for our category, mm. that and for this industry that we have three companies that still invest like they do um, in in radio, and you know we make stars of our breakfast shows and drive shows, and it's you know um, long may it rain. Oh, I say it's just a um, it's just a great um, a great thing for our business, um, and you know you drive through any American city if you can find a single bit of marketing whether it's tv or billboard for radio stations over there and it's virtually non-existent which which is you know certainly you know a lesson for all of us yeah i mean it's it was probably a bit harsh saying that but but they but eddie and eddie and the hot breakfast are number one fm but triple m's number four fm yep. but then in saying that it's a relatively narrow band separating all those stations so yeah and it doesn't I would, take much movement to go from you know four to number one even you know. and i don't know the specifics of the demos at the moment but i would imagine that that seven share incorporates a number one twenty five fifty four number um, I'm assuming there's, there's, there would be some really seriously yes. strong male numbers and all people number, numbers 2554 that they would be taking to market as well as the ranking in breakfast. Sure. Yeah, gold's the, um, the almost the quiet achiever down there, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it is. Number and, one. Um, and, 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 you know, led by the brand. So, the, the, you know, I guess the, the challenge for gold is to, is to get some of what Triple M is doing. They've got the reverse to, problem, yeah. haven't they? A big, big daytime listening, but they need to build that yeah. breakfast and, and, and a huge challenge for them because that market, the breakfast market is incredibly tight. Um, but clearly there's a, there's a music offering that works um, really, really well for the workday and for time spent listening. And, and um, I think that they're, uh, you, you know, there's some, certainly some upside um, for the year ahead. Yeah, someone's just going to take your photo here, Craig. Yeah, do so I mate, smile get, or put do a, I... Get a good posture. Yeah, happening, sure. mate, I need know. a new picture. Can you send that through to me? I'm sick of that one with my hand on my chin. It annoys the shit out of me. Excuse the French. Um, uh, I just want to ask you a little bit about um, 
AW too. I mean, the the success of that station, particularly Ross and John, extraordinary. Um, that's something Eddie Maguire obviously saw when he was building the Hot Breakfast. And then he yep. took their producer, yes. Jay, who we'll talk a bit more about yep. Jay in our other podcast yep. today. But but I'm a writing thinking he he recognised what they'd achieved and he thought, okay, if we could adapt some of that to the FM format, a- we, we could have a winner. A- absolutely. I think that intelligent talk on FM at that point was missing from the market. Uh, and look, you know, we needed to change the dynamic and bringing Mick in was cannot possibly be underestimated mm. in terms of really finalising the, the and rounding out the show. Um, but, you know, 3AW is just a brilliant local radio station and it has been for a number of years. And, you know, the breakfast show is outstanding. Neil Mitchell is one of the great broadcasters um, for the last 25 years. And, and uh, you know, they, they have done so, as, as um, you know, 2GB does in Sydney. You know, they, they you know, those numbers, they, they can get lost a little in the FM battle, but... Um, both stations are outstanding. Yeah, absolutely. That um, the what was I? I've lost my train of thought there. The um, the the others, the Fox down there. That um, I know. I believe. Well, I, I won't get you to go into too much detail. But there were big debates over the name. You know, do we call it Hit? Oh, okay. Do we drop Fox? <laughs> yeah. You know, and that was and uh, well, it was a big it was a big debate all around the network. Of course, I guess, but particularly where Fox has long been. Yep, the real. The real star of that, what was the Today Network, and sure. it's now the Hit Network. So you can understand some people saying, what the hell are we going to drop this name yeah. for, you know? Yep. Um, and it's now, it's sort of, a, some stations have just dropped their old name. SAFM, of course, is the, yep. was the big one. Yep. Um, they pioneered that. But they've sort of hung on to Fox and Today, as well as trying to adapt Hit. What are your thoughts on the name in general? Well, my, my thoughts on the name at the time, you've got to remember at the time we were, we were off the, the chart in, in terms of um, ratings. The, the Hamish and Andy weren't back uh, until the middle of June, July. Yeah. The idea was that we were going to be um, a, a, the hit network around the country um, and you know, including Hit 104 in Sydney. Um, just drop the two-day branding, and and look. The research on two-day is that it, it's it's connected um, fairly and squarely with Kyle and Jack. You know, when you think of Today FM, you think of Kyle and Jack. Sure. Um, so the idea was let's start again. Uh, we had Dan and Maz going into breakfast at the time. Let's see if we can create some new imagery around the brand. Look, it's a long story, but there was certainly in Adelaide and Brisbane where it's Hit 105 and, and Hit 107. B105 and SAFM were on the nose for under 40s. Uh, from an image perspective, and when you're playing a Coke versus Pepsi game, you're screwed if you if you've got those those images which were you know we were seen as lemonade, they were seen as Red Bull, them being Nova. You know we just couldn't get a look in. So the idea was we would have um, a one one brand, um, and then Hamish and Andy in July of the following year. That they, they start on the air on July 1 and they are live around Australia on the hit network. So the other thing to think about is that Hamish and Andy were on the air for five years through the 2000s from 06 to 2010 and never once mentioned Today FM or Fox. Yeah. Um, and they couldn't, you know, and, and, you know, Nova is this extraordinary national brand and works on so many levels from a marketing perspective to, you know, that a thousand reasons why a national brand works in this environment. Um, and that, that was our plan to to um, move towards that you know the question was how and when and why with Fox I think the other four stations were pretty obvious that we should go down that path and um, collectively um, you know we got cold feet yeah and it sort of ended up with a you know, certainly in Sydney, the Hit 104 Today FM thing just confused the shit out of everyone. I mean, it was terrible. <laughs> Sorry, it did, and uh, and that was that was a compromise, and that was the best that we could do. And I mean, I look at the imagery now for the Hit Network, and it's fantastic. It's much better than the balls. It's it's it's, and you look at the 18 to 39 numbers around the country, and they're very very strong. Um, and continuing to grow. So whether we did the right thing, whether the branding had anything to do with it or not, I just think it, it looks better in market for that under 40 audience. We were carrying some serious sort of heritage baggage that we couldn't seem to to, to um, move on from. And um, But yeah, the point around Fox, heritage, really strong heritage and such a terrific brand over so many years, it would have been difficult to, to drop the moniker. And I don't know whether we ever would have got to that point. Yeah, yeah, I've listened to both sides of this argument, and, I, and, I, and, it's, and I, I'm convinced by both of them. So I'm, I'm really in two minds. I mean, 
but I, I, I am tempted to go with look. The name is not such a big deal over time. Yeah, because the other I side of the in argument six is, months people just go. Oh, yeah, whatever, and and, you know. and the other side of the argument is, hey, hey, Hamish and Andy start on July one, and and they're going to be rating whether it's SAFM or B one hundred five or call it whatever you want. Mm. Um, you know, we were really heavily. I certainly was heavily influenced by Clive Dickens, um, who you know really believes in national brands, particularly from an online perspective today, which is where sure. so many people are connecting with radio content. Um, and uh, you know, there, there's plenty of examples in the UK where that has worked and um, I know the markets are different but um, I, I, at the time I was a real strong advocate for making the change particularly whilst we were a three share in Sydney and struggling everywhere else I mean what else did we have to lose? Sure. That was the view. One thing I, I will ask you about AM music stations I mean we've seen Magic in Melbourne's just dropped away it seems to almost nothing it used to be yep. a real competitor yep. I think there's probably a little less being invested in it they, they cut a lot of staff and Change the programming dramatically. Macquarie's trying to tell, sell 2CH, yep. which looks unsuccessfully sell it because they've yep. had to have an extension from the time they had to sell it by because I guess they weren't able to come to an agreement. Is it is it worth anything? Uh, I wouldn't have thought so. Unless it's a really well, um, f- from a talk perspective, yes. But yeah, music, but God, it's hard to mount an argument, isn't it? I mean, Cruise does well in, in yeah. has done well in Adelaide. It's dropped again a, a yeah. little in, in this book, and I mean, it's just. Um, uh, even Port for that KQ old, does well, but then there's so few. Yeah, handful it's of hard to know. I mean, without knowing the business model yeah. and, and and you know revenue versus cost, there might be an argument to have a very low low cost model. But uh, I, I would have thought over the next five to ten years, it's it's going to become less and less of a of a uh, an opportunity. Yeah, because that that audience you're um, marketing that to is, um, I guess. Audio quality is less an issue for them. Yeah, perhaps. to a degree. I mean, the formats. Yeah. I mean, the cruise format in Adelaide is excellent. If it was on FM, it would do. You know, it's probably worth two or three more points if it was on FM. Mm. And the the digital platform where where AM and FM are equal. Yeah, hasn't really no. gripped as as maybe people thought it would. No, exactly. Yeah, yeah. All righty. The um. Well, the other thing that I think about that too, when you the. Audience research, I mean, you're very dependent on the, the surveys, but because there's so much listening online now, can you use some of that data in addition to... Um, Do to we take the, it to market? No, no, just for your own internal. Oh, well, I, I'll give you a great example. Uh, the R&B Friday um, feature that runs on the Hit Network. I mean, the first... It was, so we did it as a once-off in Adelaide. and Let's give it a go and, you know... Uh, um, and we checked our streams for that day and, and they had quadrupled. I mean, they went from, I don't know, 2,000 to 8,000 or some ridiculous number. Um, and and then we ran it around the rest of the country the following week. Same thing. Streams went through yeah. the roof. Okay. Um, and it was real and, uh, you know, the data was just right there in front of us. And it's proved to be one of the master strokes. I mean, there's very little... Normally, you can do from a music perspective to change the dial, but um, that idea, and you've got to give full credit to Irene Hume for it, and she, you know, she's a brilliant programmer and really gutsy and courageous. Very few people would have put it on the air as she did in Adelaide, but um, it is um, absolutely that and Hamish and Andy and improved breakfast shows in, in Brisbane and Adelaide are at the heart of HIT's improvement over the last 12 months. Right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I would have thought that... Uh, would Paul have loved to have done a um, an R and B Friday? Um, well, certainly a version of it. I would have thought so. You know, and that idea of the audience getting uh, a little more than your standard three hour rotations on songs that you hear four or five times a day. It's made a huge difference. So yeah, we based. Okay, well, how long can we do this for, and how potentially how um, uh, impactful will, will this be based on that data? Yeah. Of course, the reason that's not taken to market is because it's not audited data at exactly. your own, yeah. And, yeah. and you don't get the demo breakdowns. No, you just get the raw, exactly. the raw figures, yeah. which are useful. Oh, but, but and certainly but, really useful for us. It was right there, clear and present in front of us that hey, this is this thing is working yeah. everywhere we we do it. Yeah. Um, let's have a look at Brisbane. Um, Biggest deal up there recently is the arrival of back in the market, Osher Gunsberg. Yeah, guess, and Osher's yeah? been fantastic, and I think he's probably surprised a few. Um, I, I mean, Osher's always been brilliant on the and radio. Should we link it all to him too? I mean, uh, could I we think, see a tumble and go, oh well, maybe? It wasn't, I think you that, know, that? Uh, I think Hit One Hundred and Five um, has momentum in the market. 
and I think it's it's um, you know we talked before about breakfast dynamic, and I think the three of them together uh, with Stav and Abby and, and Osher are outstanding. And and you know uh, um, when you see Osher on TV and you know he's he's reading from a cue card or doing a bachelor and do, doing links and things like that, you don't get a true sense of his his personality. But on the radio, um, he's always been brilliant on the air. He's a, he's very very naturally suited to the radio. Um, Could so we say he's from that same school as Kyle and Jonesy. Uh, he, he is. He's a bit yeah, like that. Yeah, he's a, a, I, I think sort of radio is. nerd. He's very particular. Yeah, about he is, and um, he, yeah, he he's. Um, I think there's upside for Hit 105. I mean, obviously, 97.3 and Nova are brilliant brands and have been for a number of years, and you would never ever discount them. They've, they've been strong for a long, long period of time, and I would assume that you know 97.3, given they've got that hot AC position in Brisbane, should continue to win it. But um, I think Hit 105 and number one under 40 already, and they've got some demos they can take to market, which are you know reasonably uh, um, sort of powerful for them. Um, it's it, look. Brisbane and Adelaide have tightened. You know that that the headline there is you know in in previous years um, ninety seven three and Nova had dominated uh, Brisbane and that's you know much much closer now um, in that market and you know you could say the same about Adelaide. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That's all. That's all well and good. The um, just Ed and um, Marto. Yes. Got any story there about you know that team coming together up there? Well, I think that I mean, look, that you know, Mardo is probably is he underrated? He's certainly not underrated by us. Yeah. Brilliant storyteller, perfect for that for that audience, and they love him. And and Ed is uh, Ed's a pro. Ed's mm-hmm. a real pro. He's very very good at what he does. Um, I've I mean, from the day they went to air, I've always liked them as a show. Um, he you know Triple M in Brisbane um, will ebb and flow. Because it's um, it's a male targeted yeah. rock station, and, and you know depending blokes on the human, <laughs> well, blokes are fickle, but the, the the survey methodology doesn't help when you've got a lower cum, uh, a naturally lower cum. But um, four really strong FM stations in in Brisbane, and and um, you know I think it's going to be really tight this year. I really do. Sure. Okay, mate. Your home market, Adelaide. Now, no excuses for um, what, what's happening in the market there. It's been an interesting dynamic there, hasn't it? That when we see uh, Nova and Triple M sharing number one FM, yeah, which is um, pretty interesting. Look, I think. Um Nova has always been strong in Adelaide, and or certainly over the last couple of years it has. Um, Triple M has a new program director, Matt O'Reilly, who's outstanding, one of the best young programmers in the country. Um, and you can genuinely hear the improvements he's made to not only the product but the breakfast show. Um, I, I think, and I agree with Duncan, I, I read somewhere where he said that you know he thinks that the Triple M number's a spike. I'm not sure whether an 11.5 or whatever that number is is sustainable for Triple M, but I do think that that 11 share for the moment is the new normal for Mix, mm-hmm. um, which is a challenge for them. You, you know, they, they have been um, dominant for, God, how many years now in those yeah, 15 yeah, and 16 long, shares, yeah. you know, and with a really yeah. clear gap between, um, between them and the rest. And, and I, I think they're back in the pack for a while now. I think there's a couple of reasons for it. Um, Hit 107 is, is a much, much better radio station than it was a couple of years ago. Amos Gill is going to be a star uh, and Cat Lynch is, is the perfect foil for him. So they're better in breakfast. Triple M is better. Nova has always been consistently strong and, and Mix um, are probably being pincered a little bit by, by Triple M. Um, some you know some Hamish and Andy audience coming off mix I would think um, Nova being pretty strong with those older females so yeah another really tight market um, and all of the stations would have a story to tell I would think in terms of they'd be able to pull apart a demo and and go to market with a really you know strong message around um, audience engagement you know, I'm not suggesting this is a big part of it but I visited um, SCA in Adelaide at the start of March and it's a great setup in that that big building they've I think got. You, yeah, I think you're absolutely right, I think right, that though. makes everybody feel good about going to work. Well, did you see There's, the other station? Did you go to the old station? <laughs> no, I heard oh, a lot of man, stories about it. Man, it was awful. I never made it in there. Yeah, no. I mean, we were, lo- you know, hey, um, it had been there forever on Green Hill Road, and but that new building, I mean, from the moment 
everyone walked in there, just yeah. everything changed. You, yeah. you know, the, the open plan, being able to see each mm-hmm. other and just communication changed. And uh, no, it's, it's um, finally, and obviously I know a lot of people in the Adelaide uh, duopoly and, you know, there's lots of good people and, you know, it, it, it looks like they're going to have some success moving forward, which you know, I'm thrilled for them. Yeah, they can duck across to the market, do your shopping. At the, <laughs> That's uh, it. Lunchtime, mate. Get some nice cheeses and some <laughs> nice, you know, cold meats. Beautiful. Absolutely. Um, let's finish off our, our sweep around the country with Perth. Um, mix, you know, the traditional ruler of that market, isn't yep. it? Part of the Triple M network. Yep. Correct. Yep. Um, been under a bit of assault in the last few years, but not surprisingly, I guess, after um, losing a breakfast icon. Yeah, they bounced back really, really strongly after. You, you know, if you think about Fred Boddicker in the market and number one there for, God, how many years, 10, 15 mm. years, and dominated you know, some extraordinary numbers back in the day. But the transition from that show to uh, Kimber, um, Shane, and, and Dean Clare's was, uh, I think we went up and then surveys preceding Fred finishing up and last year they maintained very strong numbers all year and obviously the you know tragic death of, of Shane mm. uh, meant that they they have needed to find a, a co-host and Shane really did provide an X factor for that show um, I haven't heard the new show so I, I can't comment on all the new dynamic I mean obviously I know Kimber and, and Clairsey um, so that, that, that'll be a challenge for them just to sort of work their way through that and, and I'm sure they'll get there look it's a really strong brand it's well managed it's, it's well programmed the drive show I'm, you know, I'm a huge fan of Pete Corelli he's going to be a, a star of the future I think he's got a 15 share in drive there with Lisa okay. Shaw um, and he's a superstar um, they'll, they'll be okay and obviously you've got Nova there you know Nathan and Nat uh, are one of the really great local shows of of um, this um, territory. You know, they are as good as any. I, I mean, I would go to Perth once a quarter, possibly, you know, even, you know, maybe once every six weeks. And I don't think oh. I ever heard a bad break from Nathan and that when I was there. I mean, they were just yeah. consistently brilliant every single day. So, you know, they're, they're in good shape. Yeah, 14-4, um, I think it's their record uh, high for yeah, their, right. their brekkie share. Yeah, so and, and have been around for, you know, 10, 12, yeah. 13 years and yeah. haven't always had it their own way. There's been times where Hit's been ahead of them or 92-9 back in the day when Emerald Shiano was on the air with Whipper. But um, they, um, you know, they're, they're, they're in great shape right now. Um, Hit's doing okay um, back, you know, in, in the 10s, back just a little bit this book. Look, I think that... Um, uh, I think the issue for 96 is that it's positioned um, in, a, in a really tough uh, uh, position for them. In term, you know, I don't know whether you can be the fourth female targeted radio station in that market. Mm. I don't know where the growth is going to come from for 96. Um, and, and, you know, the idea that it has to be connected to the KISS network. I mean, Perth is a great example of, you know, mix in theory is part of the Triple M network, but it hasn't. It has no correlation to the format. Um, you know, at the end of the day, you just send the numbers back to Sydney or Melbourne and say buy this, and away yeah. you go. So, I just would question whether ninety six has has got its positioning right. But hey, look, yeah. early days, and, and maybe that might turn I around. I think that's part of the problem with mixes share in Adelaide, isn't it? That Husey and Kate are going to take a while to get a yeah. traction. I mean, you look at what um, Sean Craig Murphy used to get in drive there, and it was staggering figures. It, interesting and, you um, made that point. And Husey I, and Kate aren't anywhere, aren't anywhere near that yet, are they? No, they're not, and, and there's no point of difference there. I mean, I think that that mix format can work in drive when you've got a really busy drive shift with three or four other talk-heavy formats. You know, mix is the alternative, the sort of the oasis where you're playing... 10 to 12 songs an hour and someone like a Sean Murphy did a brilliant job um, in that respect and you know I don't know whether the three o'clock pickup works as well in in um, in Adelaide either but hey uh, look it, it it might just be uh, um, a temporary um, blip for the guys and and they can turn it around quickly yeah I mean I say that they're they're still doing an 11 um, yeah Solid um, numbers. Yeah, Husey and Kate. So there's there's nothing wrong with that. But that even that, though, that ranks your number three out of the four FM stations. Yeah, and where, where they've always banked a 15 share and a number one yeah, ranking. Yeah, and if people are going to buy the yeah. top two, well, you yeah. miss out yeah. on the dollars. Uh, and we should put it into context. Uh, I mean, you know, would I, would I rather have a problem in Adelaide or Sydney? <laughs> I mean, that, you know, you take having an issue in, Sydney, in in Adelaide every day of the week. If, if that's yeah. Duncan's biggest problem, then he doesn't really have any. Um, but it's uh, – and, and that's not meaning to sort of downplay the importance 
importance of the Adelaide market, but um, you know he's winning clearly in Sydney, doing very well in Melbourne, and and you know I think that he can work his way through the Adelaide issues. Yeah, well, look, let's wind this one up. Sure. A couple of things have just sprung into mind, though. Yeah. Questions without notice. Salaries for um, breakfast radio people in metro markets. All right, we won't talk about anybody specifically because that's not fair to them. But what would be the st- if you landed a breakfast show? What what would be the start of the pay scale? You reckon? Are we talking a hundred grand or the start of the pay scale? Yeah. Um, if you're in, could you argue for quicker? If you so, yeah, the start is as someone who's okay. relatively new, but but good enough for someone to put them in a breakfast slot. Right. Um. If you are marketing that person, I mean, an, an anchor, an anchor that doesn't get their name into the brand okay. is probably on eighty k, but there's not many of those. Right. Um. You know, it's around the one. 40 to 170 mark as a starting point, I would think, for most uh, breakfast shows in those smaller markets. Yep. Um, and, you know, the, at the top of the range would be somewhere around the 300 mark, I guess, in Adelaide, maybe a little more in Perth for, for a Nathan and Nat might be might be sort of in, in that region. Yes. I, and I, I have, would have no idea. This but is I per, think, per team member? Yeah. Well, they probably rank differently, aren't they? But uh, I think, yeah, they would be on roughly if you, Again, you've got to be careful of that too, haven't you? If yes. Yeah. The team talk, egos get involved. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> I bet mean, you had God. some That's happened before. That. Yeah. A few times. Yeah. Um, yeah, look, the, you know, um, it's a, it's, it's the difference between radio stations winning and losing. And if you find someone that can do the job and do it well, and not everyone can do it, it's a, such a unique skill. And, you know, the thing, and, uh, you know, talking to Chrissy the other week, um, being yourself on the radio and that having that really wafer thin division between who you are on the air and who you are off the air is, Easier said than done, you know. Uh, and the ones that do it well make it sound easy. Uh, and they deserve every cent. If you can go and grab an audience and make them love you uh, and uh, and have them, you know, lock themselves in five days a week to hear you every morning, hey, um, you know, there's there's a there's a, an amount of money that's that's next to your name every day of the week. Yeah, and then the East Coast, Sydney, Melbourne, you pay... What you have to there's the talents there. Well, I guess you well, break a few it. rules and go, okay, look, this is above what we'd like to pay. But it, well, and look, it depends a bit on uh, uh, hey, ratings and longevity come into the equation. So, yep. um, do, have you proven that you can drive a, an, an audience number, uh, and have you done it over a period of time? And what does that mean for our company? Then, then you're in a negotiation. Up until that point, you're just trying to lock in the next deal. Yes, yep. I mean the, you know the the negotiation factor with managers I think is overrated. You're either you're either in a negotiation based on results and longevity, i.e., it's all in your favour, or you're just trying to get your next deal. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's nothing in between. All right, Craig. Look, we'll leave it at that. Um, if you've been listening to this Media Week podcast with Craig Bruce, check out the uh, podcast feed because you can also hear him talking about his new business, which is uh, pretty exciting. Or one of the things he's dabbling in, anyway. Thanks, Greg. Thanks, mate.